0: Help your friends sleep in melanated peace. Girl, share the show and show us some love with a five-star rating and review. Tonight, we will be reading Paper Heart, written by Keisha Irvin. Tune in to Paper Heart Chapter 1 to hear more about the author and a summary of the story. On last week's episode, Lennon's comments are making Night question why they're even in a relationship at all. And after talking with her homegirls, Scotland refuses to realize that this is her reality. Now, close your eyes, take a deep breath, and sleep in melanated peace. I got my hands on your hips, no time to bullshit. Tupac, no more pain. Chapter 3 A week after the accident, Scotland's car completely gave out on her. She was devastated, to say the least. She hadn't been without a car in years. The only way she could get back and forth to work was to catch the bus. Scotland hadn't caught the bus since she was 15. She dreaded standing on the corner waiting for the bus. What if somebody she knew rode by and saw her? She would die of embarrassment but she had to do what she had to do to pay the bills. Scotland didn't even know how the bus system worked now. It ended up taking her three hours just to get to work because she mistakenly got on the wrong bus. Thank God she left out extra early in case something bad happened. She arrived at the Frasers frazzled, but on time. To her surprise, when she got there, everyone was up except Mr. Fraser. The kids were in the family room watching early morning cartoons while Mrs. Frazier raced around like a mad woman getting dressed. Scotland watched the views as she ran from room to room. Mrs. Frazier was known worldwide for her home decorating skills. She decorated homes for Jennifer Aniston, Jennifer Lopez, and the Kennedys. She'd written several New York Times best-selling books and rubbed shoulders with the Obamas. Even though she was rich and famous, Mrs. Fraser never let her achievements and notoriety get to her head. She was one of the most humble human beings Scotland had ever encountered. Mrs. Fraser was always there to lend a helping hand to anyone who needed help. She loved her family and friends dearly. Over the years, she and Scotland had grown quite close. She would shared with her on several occasions how she hated not having enough time for her family it was hard being a working wife and mother. She tried to make it all work, but sometimes the lines got blurred. She thanked God she had someone as loving as Scotland to be there for her kids when she wasn't. Mrs. Frazier, you need help? Scotland asked, leaning up against the doorway to her dressing room. Scotland, how many times have I told you, call me Maggie? "Uh Uh-uh, girl, we ain't playing that game. Just cause we cool don't mean nothing, you still my boss. You're so silly, Mrs. Frazier shook her head and giggled. Where's Mr. Frazier? Scotland looked around. Shouldn't he be up by now? Poor thing, he's not feeling well. I think he's caught that bug that's been going around. So he's gonna be here with me all day? Scotland's eyes grew wide. Yes, Mrs. Frazier laughed, putting her heels on. I'm pretty sure he'll be in the bed all day. One can only hope, Scotland mumbled. I heard that, Mrs. Fraser arched her barrel. Okay, now tell me. She stood up straight. How do I look? I have a very important meeting this morning with a potential new client. Ooh, is it Beyonce? Cause you know I'm a part of the Beehive. She's my fate. Scotland asked eagerly. No, it's not Mother Bee." If it was, I'd be even more nervous. It's actually Gail King. Oh, tell Gail I said what's up. That's a good look for you. Shout out to you, Mrs. Frazier. Scotland raised her hand for a high five. What am I gonna do with you, Mrs. Frazier? High fived her back. Now, how do I look? Scotland had no idea why Mrs. Frazier was nervous about her outfit. She was a timeless classic beauty who could wear anything. The red Alexander McQueen jacquard fit and flare dress she wore hugged her body in all the right places and highlighted her fiery red shoulder-length hair and big blue eyes perfectly. She was a perfect size too. The woman could make the ugliest outfit amazing. "'Girl, you're serving me Emma Stone realness.' Scotland snapped her fingers in a circle. "'Really? Why, thank you, sugar,' Mrs. Fraser curtsied. "'Honey, do we have any cold medicine?' Mr. Fraser came shuffling out of their bedroom, still dressed in his pajamas and robe. His hair was ruffled and wild, and the area around his nose was red from blowing his nose. The man looked a high mess. It's some in the medicine cabinet?' scotland responded instead i was talking to my wife mr frazier groaned, rolling his eyes excuse me i was just trying to help your sick ass scotland scowled. you know what the devil is a liar i'm not about to do this with you today let me go fix the kids breakfast before i say something that might get me fired she shot mr Fraser a nasty look then turned and walked away why do you have to be so rude to her all the time, Mrs. Frazier asked her husband. She was only trying to help. She needs to learn her place, Maggie. And what exactly is her place, Mrs. Fraser drew her head back. Nothing. I just want some medicine. Mr. Fraser bypassed her and headed to the kitchen. Mrs. Frazier watched him walk away until the silhouette of his body disappeared. For months, she'd been conflicted about her husband and their marriage. He was no longer the man she'd married. Lately, he'd been showing a side of himself that she'd only seen glimpses of in the beginning of their relationship. He'd always been a little snobbish and uppity, but it seems the higher they rose in society, the more he lost touch with reality. He'd become cruel and heartless. The way he talked to the staff was appalling. She always found herself going behind him and apologizing for his rude behavior. His behavior was ridiculous and somehow began to spill over into their marriage. She was often cast away as if she were nothing. He treated the kids the same way. He barely spent any quality time with them. Liam and Busy were dying for his affection, but he was always too busy to give it. Maybe she was to blame for his sudden change. Maybe he was starting to resent her for working so much, but she was doing the best she could with what she had. Whoever or whatever was to blame, she had to figure out a way to get her marriage back on track. Divorce was not an option. When she married Paul, she married him for life. After taking one last look in the mirror, Mrs. Frazier grabbed her friends of shoulder striped snakeskin clutch and headed to the kitchen. Bye, my loves, she kissed Liam and Busy on their foreheads. You'll be good for Scotland, okay? The kids nodded and wrapped their tiny little arms around their mother's neck. Bye, honey. She walked over to Mr. Frazier and tried giving him a kiss on the cheek, but he quickly moved his face away. Uh-uh, move, I'm sick don't you see i don't feel good why would you try to kiss me he snapped i was just trying to say goodbye that's all mrs frazier tried to keep a straight face she refused to let scotland the kids or even her husband see how much he'd hurt her feelings scotland turned her back and pretended like she hadn't seen a thing she felt horrible for her friend okay mrs frazier forced herself to smile Well, I'm gone. You all have a great day. You too, and good luck on your meeting, Mrs. Frazier, Scotland smiled back. Mrs. Frazier wasn't even out of the door before Mr. Frazier retrieved his meds and headed back to their room. He didn't even bother saying goodbye. Twenty minutes later, Scotland and the kids sat at the kitchen island eating breakfast. The kids were thoroughly enjoying their strawberry pancakes and turkey bacon when Liam accidentally knocked the entire carton of milk onto the floor. Milk spilled and splattered everywhere. Scotland quickly jumped up and ran over to the counter to get some paper towels, but there were none. What the hell? she screeched. What the hell? Liam mimicked her. Liam, bad word, no, she yelled, running to the linen closet to get a towel. To her dismay, the towels were all the way up on the top shelf. She had to grab the step stool just to reach them. As she got the step stool from the closet, she couldn't help but overhear Mr. Frazier's phone conversation. He was inside his bedroom, but the door was wide open. He obviously didn't care or didn't know how to whisper because Scotland could hear everything he was saying i'm feeling better now that you called he chuckled i miss you too baby i'll see you tomorrow bright and early this nigga just don't give a damn. scotland thought stepping up on the stool he just all out in the open with it you're so nasty he laughed i love it when you talk like that dirty dog scotland shook her head she was eavesdropping so hard that she leaned forward too far and fell face forward into the linen closet, causing a loud boom. Mr. Fraser came rushing out of the bedroom and found her on the floor. I'm alright, I'm alright, Scotland shot up from the ground and fixed her clothes, nothing to see here. What are you doing, Mr. Frazier asked with an aggravated expression on his face. Liam spilled milk and I was getting a towel to get it up. Scotland shot him a tense smile. Mr. Fraser eyed her suspiciously and resumed his conversation. Yeah, sorry about that. My incompetent nanny just fell, he said into the phone, closing the door behind him. The smell of freshly brewed coffee engulfed Knight's nose, causing him to awaken from his slumber. Stretching his arms and legs, he sat up, wondering why the alarm clock hadn't gone off yet. Normally, when he started his morning, it was still pitch black outside, but the sun was shining brightly and the birds were chirping. Lennon wasn't even lying next to him. Perplexed, he looked over at his alarm clock and saw that it was 8.30 a.m. The fuck? He scratched his head. By now, he would have worked out for two hours, took a shower, got dressed, eaten breakfast and answered a few emails. Snatching the covers off of him, he got out of bed. Knight only slept in pajama bottoms. He wore no underwear to bed so his long thick dick slapped against his thigh as he followed the smell of coffee in the air. Knight's body was sinfully delicious. He had a set of washboard abs and muscular thighs. After a short walk, he found her at the kitchen counter talking on the phone. She was so deep in her conversation that she hadn't even heard him coming. Knight didn't think anything of her being on the phone until he noticed that she was talking in a hushed tone. Her right leg was bent back and caressing her left leg, which he found odd. Baby, he called out for her. Lennon jumped out of her skin and spun around. Honey, you scared me. She held her chest still frightened. My bad, I didn't mean to catch you off guard. He walked up on her and kissed her on the lips. Tinsley, just make sure that I have those files on my desk when I come in. She spoke in a normal tone. Okay, thanks. See you then. She quickly ended the call. That was Tinsley night poured himself a cup of coffee and took a sip yeah I have a lot of work to do today when I go into the office Lennon placed her phone face down on the counter yeah me too why didn't you wake me up this morning cuz you've been working so hard lately I figured I'd let you sleep in you have to take care of yourself baby our wedding is right around the corner she wrapped her arms around his waist Our wedding is three months away. Like I said, right around the corner. There's still so much that needs to be done. Lennon removed her arms from his waist. "Uh Uh-uh, where you going? Knight pulled her back. You see what you done did? He looked down at his dick. Lennon eyed too. his dick was practically begging her to suck it. No, I have to go to work and so do you. She tried to walk away. Come here night took her into his strong arms it had been weeks since they last got it in for some reason their sex life had gone down the drain it didn't help that when they did have sex it was always so methodical they only fucked in the bedroom Lennon thought that having sex anywhere else was trashy and unsanitary she only liked the cowgirl position because by riding him she wouldn't mess up her hair Knight felt like it was a control thing with her. She always had to be the one in control of their relationship. It had been that way from the start. She planned out their whole entire life together. Nothing was ever spontaneous. Every day, they followed the same routine unless Leonard had something else planned. Knight went along with it, but he was growing tired of their mundane existence. He needed some excitement in his life. He wasn't the type of dude to be put in a box because of his career and his relationship with the boss's daughter he felt like a caged animal dying to break loose he always had to be on his best behavior but fuck that right now he wanted to be on his worst behavior before Lennon knew it Knight had lifted up her skirt and placed her onto the cold marble countertop If he didn't fuck something soon, his dick was gonna break. Placing sensual kisses down her neck, he made his way down to her breasts. Just when he was about to unbutton her blouse, Lennon stopped him. Baby stop, I have to go to work. Come on man, my dick harder than a motherfucker, night groaned, caressing her hips. I am not having sex with you on our kitchen countertop, it's disgusting. She pushed him out of the way and hopped down. And look what you did. She gazed down at her leg. You ripped my stockings. Now I'm going to have to go and change them. Thanks for making me late. She shot annoyed. Are you really mad about some damn stockings? Knight asked shocked. Yes, because I told you I didn't want to. Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. Knight waved her off. First off. Who the fuck still wears stockings? You got a million of them motherfuckers in there. One pair ain't gonna make or break you. Nah, this is about you being a fucking prude. Lighten the fuck up, man. You know what? Lennon stared at him with venom in her eyes. I'm gonna let that little remark of yours slide because I'm late for work. But don't you ever in your life talk to me like that again. I'm not one of your little slutty hoes from the old neighborhood. I am a lady and I will be treated as such, she grimaced and suddenly shot him a wicked smile. Now, I'll see you at the office. Yeah, see you at the office, Prue, Knight shot back as she left the room. It's the perfect time for you to come through. Jenny LeVette, Beast. Chapter 4 Scotland lay snuggled beneath her black and white flower print covers, sound asleep. It had taken her hours to fall asleep due to the hunger pains inside her stomach. Earlier that day, she had to choose between buying groceries or paying her light bill. The bill was past due, and Amory was threatening to turn off her lights if she didn't pay the past due amount of $204.10 unfortunately after paying her cell phone bill gas bill and putting her car in the shop she was flat broke she could have asked her friends or family for money but she'd already borrowed enough from them scotland only had one hope and that was to race down to the community action agency for help cast lc was a federally funded program created to assist low-income people out of poverty conditions Scotland had gone to them quite a few times for help After a two hour wait, she was able to get assistance with her bill She was overjoyed that her electric wouldn't be turned off But after dealing with the crisis, she found herself hungry as hell The only thing she had in her fridge was a stick of butter and a box of baking soda Scotland cried her eyes out for hours She didn't know how much more devastation she could take life was becoming too hard she couldn't keep on living the way she was from the outside looking in she looked like she had it all together she kept her hair done all the time because she did it herself her makeup stayed on fleet because she did it herself as well she stayed looking nice because she knew how to keep the clothes and shoes she had intact plus scotland knew how to dress like a million bucks on a thrifty girl's budget She got all her things from Forever 21, wet seal, and if she was feeling froggy, she would splurge on an outfit from an Instagram boutique. Lately, she didn't have enough money to buy herself anything. Hell, she couldn't even buy herself a burger off the damn dollar menu. After crying and feeling sorry for herself, Scotland wiped her eyes, said a prayer to God to give her discernment and increase her territory. She also thanked him for the many blessings he'd already bestowed upon her. Once she prayed, Scotland took a shower, slipped on a white tank top, a white lace thong, and got into bed. Her stomach wouldn't stop growling and her head had begun to hurt because she was in desperate need of food. She might not have had anything to eat, but she did have some ibuprofen. Scotland popped two pills and put in her favorite movie of all time, Every Girl Should Be Married, starring Betsy Drake and Cary Grant. She'd seen it over 20 times. Although she loved the movie, she had no other choice but to turn it on because her cable was off. Scotland was so fatigued from her hectic day and lack of food that she ended up falling asleep 15 minutes into the film. It was a little after 2.30 a.m. when her phone rang. Startled by the loud sound, she jumped out of her sleep and grabbed it. By the ringtone, she knew it was murder. His ringtone was, Bow Wow's out of my system. Scotland had been secretly awaiting his phone call for weeks. After catching him fucking around on her for the umpteenth time with the umpteenth chick, she vowed to leave him alone for good, but murder was her kryptonite. She loved him. He would always have a special place in her heart. They met when she just turned 26. He was the nigga that every chick in St. Louis wanted. Murder had his pick of the litter. He was unbelievably good looking. He stood tall at six feet. He rocked a low cut that had a curly texture to it. Murda's skin was the color of caramel. He had big bushy eyebrows that complemented his intense brown eyes, strong nose, and suckable lips. Murda had the kind of lips that you just wanted to kiss all day, and his body was ridiculous. The boy stayed in the gym. Most people said he resembled Trey Song, but Scotland didn't see the resemblance. Although he had boyishly handsome good looks, behind his charming smile lay a hustler. Murder supplied most of St. Louis with the finest heroine he had ever seen. His name rang bells in the street. He was that dude. In the beginning of their relationship, everything was great. He treated her like a queen and spoiled her rotten. Then a slew of chicks started coming out the woodwork. Every other day, it was a new chick. Scotland grew tired of his playboy ways and broke up with him, but Murda always found a way to weasel his way back into her heart. She knew he was no good, Hell, she didn't even know his real name. They tried time and time again to make it work with no avail, but there was something in his backstroke that kept her coming back for more. Scotland cleared her throat and answered the phone. Hello. She answered in a raspy tone Wake your ass up He demanded I'm up You still call yourself being mad at me Boy ain't nobody thinking about you That wasn't the first bitch I caught you with And it won't be the last Scotland remarked Yeah right. that's what your mouth say Your actions say different Cause you ain't hit a nigga up in a minute You ain't called me either Scotland reminded him I'm calling you now Murder countered "'Ooh, you want a brownie point? "'You want me to do a backflip?' "'Scotland replied sarcastically. "'Look, I was just calling to check up on you, "'tell you I miss you, "'but I can see you still on that bullshit,' Murder toyed with her emotions. "'Ain't nobody mad,' Scotland lied. "'In all honesty, she hated that murder couldn't be faithful. "'Every time he came back into her life, "'he sold her a dream about how this time it would be different.' He promised not to cheat, to take care of her and love her the way she deserved. Every time she put common sense to the side and followed her foolish heart, only to be let down time and time again. All she wanted was for him to see how much she loved him. She prayed each time that he would finally see that she was enough. Yes, you are. You still feel some type of way. I can hear it in your voice scotland poked out her lips and placed her hand up to her throat she thought she sounded as cool as a cucumber maybe the hurt she felt did translate through her tone you can't tell me how i feel she scoffed okay if you ain't mad then come open the door scotland's heart stopped beating no way is this nigga at my door she thought nervously Her heart beat a mile a minute as she tiptoed into the living room and peeked out the blinds. Sure enough, murder's Mercedes-Benz S65 AMG coupe was parked in front of her door. You bold? How you just gonna pop up at my house unannounced? I could have a nigga up in here, she grinned. Man, please, you ain't got nobody up in there. Open the door. Bye, Scotland ended the call with the speed of lightning she ran to the bathroom and gargled with a cap full of mouthwash grabbing a face towel, she quickly ran it under some warm water applied soap to it washed under her arms breasts and in between her legs there was no way she was going to be caught slipping around murder scotland's philosophy was that a woman must always be on point in the looks and smell department once that was done she put on deodorant, sprayed herself with perfume, threw on a new pair of panties, and casually walked to the door as if she'd effortlessly strolled out of bed. Scotland unlocked the door and linked eyes with Murda. The seat of her panties instantly became wet. The man was fine as fuck. He rocked a white, red, and black Chicago Bulls hat, matching jersey, gold iced-out chain black fitted jeans, and a pair of Jordan Svizzite sneakers. You gonna let me in? He grinned. Yeah, Scotland stepped to the side. She could smell the scent of his Valentino Umo cologne as he walked by. Locking the door behind him, Scotland turned and looked him square in the eyes. Murta was drunk and high, which was somehow a major turn-on for her. Murta eyed her lustfully. The barely there tank top she wore kissed her hardened nipples and clung tight to her waist. Come here, he demanded, pulling her into him by the bottom of her top. Scotland didn't even try to fight it. She missed him. It had been months since she'd been touched by a man, so she allowed herself to be vulnerable. She was tired of putting up her guard with him. It was useless. His lips were on hers, and his hands palmed her ass cheeks. Closing her eyes, Scotland wrapped her arms around his neck and allowed his tongue to explore hers. The potent taste of Hennessy danced on his lips. She quickly became drunk off his kisses. I knew your ass missed me, Murda announced proudly. Whatever, Scotland laughed, pulling away. Come on, let's go upstairs, she said, walking up the steps. Murder watched enthusiastically as her bare ass cheeks bounced with each step she took. He couldn't wait to bend her over, pull her hair, and hit it from the back. In her bedroom, he noticed that hasn't much changed since the last time he was there. Her queen-sized wooden bed frame was still being held up by a stack of books on both sides. Her 40-inch flat screen sat on top of her black dresser, and beside her bed was a nightstand she found at the thrift store and painted it black. Scotland's place was nice, clean, and quaint. She didn't possess anything of value, but she made her apartment look nice with what she had. Murta sat on the edge of the bed and looked at the television screen. You watching this shit again? He asked, referring to the movie she'd fallen asleep on. Yes, it's my favorite movie. Man, turn this shit off. Turn on MTV Jams or something. Can't. My cable's cut off. Scotland confirmed sitting at the head of the bed. How much you owe? 197. Murder reached inside his pocket and pulled out a thick wall of cash. Here. He peeled off $500 and gave it to her. Get your shit cut back on. Uh "'Uh-uh, I can't take that from you,' she tried to get the money back to him. "'Man, here, take it,' he vehemently placed the money into her hand. Scotland didn't want to take it, but she desperately needed the money. "'Thank you,' she said, palming the money in her hand. She was thankful for the blessing, but hated feeling like a charity case. Murta kicked off his shoes and took off his jewelry.' Standing up, he pulled his jersey off over his head. Scotland's eyes danced over his rippled six-pack in awe. Murder was like an edible piece of candy, and she wanted a bite. Dressed in only his boxer briefs and jeans, he climbed on top of her. She lay on her back with her legs spread open. She thought maybe they'd talk more, but it was apparent Murder had other plans. His dick was hard, and he wanted some after-the-club pussy. She wanted the D, but after taking the money, she couldn't help but feel like a prostitute. All those things vanished once Murder placed his tongue on her nipple. His tongue was creating magic on her breast when she heard the familiar sound of him unzipping his jeans. Murder never wasted any time. Foreplay with him was always brief. Thank God he had a good dick game to make up for it. Scotland felt the tip of his dick rub against her clit. You need to put a condom on, bruh, she informed. Since when? Murder asked, taken aback. Since I caught you with that bitch? Scotland replied, twisting her lips to the side. Are you for real? Yes. Murda groaned and reached inside his pocket. A few seconds later, the condom was on and Scotland laid face down, ass up. The sound of her ass slapping against his pelvis filled the room as she felt her first orgasm in months erupt. Murder came soon after. Two of them went another round and then fell asleep. The next morning, Scotland awoke with a smile on her face. Flashes of the previous night replayed in her mind she expected to find Murdo lying sound asleep next to her but when she rolled over she saw that he was gone perplexed she sat up and called his name but got no answer maybe he left out for a minute she thought grabbing the phone scotland dialed his number a few rings later the line picked up hello a girl answered the phone scotland quickly took the phone away from her ear check and make sure she dialed the right number sure enough she dialed the right number hello the girl said again okay don't even trip maybe it's one of his sisters scotland told herself may i speak to murder who is this the girl asked with an attitude scotland who is this she shot back this is ebony his girlfriend The only thing that Scotland could do was close her eyes and shake her head. She set herself up for this bullshit. She knew murder was no good. Each time she came in contact with him, he proved it. His girlfriend, huh? She said in disbelief. Yeah, what y'all fucking around or something? Nah, not anymore. Scotland hung up the phone. Pissed that she once again allowed herself to be bamboozled by murder. She lay back on her pillow and glared at the ceiling. The only thing she could think was that this is one hell of a way to start off her 28th birthday. Are you still up? Girl, good night.